Welcome to another episode of More Shenanigans. I'm Donna Moore. And I am James Moore. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think we are all very aware of at some level or another, but we didn't know there was an actual name to it. Yeah, I, now, think, I think it's like being in a matrix. We yeah. just found out we're in a matrix. Um, yes, I, I think that is the case. Um, and it's called the silent depression. And I'm not talking about like anxiety depression, not like a mental health issue. I'm talking about an ep- economic depression. I'm talking about your pocketbook. Right. So we all remember, you know, the Great Depression that happened from 1929 to 1930 something, 32, I think it, 33, uh, 34. Well, the 33 was like the height of the Depression. Okay. It really kind of got under control in 39 After and the 40. War, once, the, once the war Well, started. the war started in 41. Yeah. For us, for the United States. So I think that... and. We might not, we making an assumption when we say we all remember because we got some of well, our listeners that. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of our listeners that aren't going to, I mean, I didn't grow up in the Depression. You didn't grow up in the Depression. My no. mom was born in 1937. Your dad was born in 42. Your mom and dad were born in 42, right? Right. And some listeners, though, I'm saying like the 20-somethings, They, if we say the the um, the Great Depression, they might not even know what we're talking well, about. Well, here's the thing. They probably learned about it at some point in high school history in passing, mm-hmm. so They've probably heard of it, maybe don't know great details of it, but great economic stock market crash. The unemployment rose to like, it was like 75% of America, something like that was unemployed. Um, People lost their houses. They lost their businesses. They lost, you know, great life saving. I mean, just everything was wiped out. The value of the dollar plummeted. Plummeted. And this depression was kind of worldwide because... At the time, America was just, you know, taking its seat on the throne of being the financial leader of the world. Right. So So now here we are in 2023 and we've gone through the COVID pandemic. Um, We're just on the other side of that. And that obviously took a toll on the world, not just America, Uh, even though some people want to say it only, you know, was really affected America, but it has affected the economy worldwide. And I think that this probably would be taking place even if the pandemic didn't happen, but I think the pandemic quick shot it into further along in the process so where we're at now. So basically, what is the silent depression? Well, let me ask you some questions okay. first, because you're uh, between the two of us. Okay. You keep your eye on social media right. more than I am. And I get the feeling that this the reason why it's called the silent depression is because it's it's not really being recognized across the board or talked about as a depression. And except by people like you and me. Except by people like you and me. The who media is not covering it. it. And especially the government, no one wants to hear the word depression or recession because... That'll cause things to spiral. That'll cause things to spiral and and everything. So why is it that this is not out there? This is not... You just said it. Yeah. You just said it. You said it because the government does not want... They know this is happening. They know that people are working 40-hour-a-week jobs, making probably more money now than they made post pan or pre pandemic, but they are struggling just as much or worse to be able to make ends meet, whether it be paying the rent or uh, you know, buying groceries, paying utilities, all of that stuff. The the problem is is that the prices have risen drastically. Mm-hmm. 
Part of that was due to the pandemic because supply chains were, you know, uh, halted and, and there weren't. It was tough to get people to actually do that work. Well, it was because, because they, you know, that kind of work is a lot of it is done in factories where people are standing Mm -hmm. right next to each other. And a lot of those factories closed down for periods of time. One, if they kept working even through pandemic, people got sick. Right. And Ma and Moss because they were standing right next to each other, so they had to close down because they didn't have employees. Then if product was being made, it couldn't get anywhere because uh truckers who carry stuff from point A to point B in here in America and overseas, they were dying by the hundreds because of their sedentary lifestyle and they would contract COVID and get sick and die. And so that was happening. So there was a lot of, there's a lot of factors involved. So prices increased because of that. Yeah. I think another factor that kept this silent and not just out there in the, you know, for everybody to see is the loose definition of recession, you know, because yeah. recession comes before depression. Right. Economically. And I thought at one time, you know, I was told generally that a recession is when you have two consecutive quarters of negative growth in. And it has something to do with the unemployment too. The two, two consecutive quarters of, un- of negative growth and certain percentage of unemployment. That was, that was not what I had heard. It, oh, really? I heard okay. it was locked just into <clears throat> economic, growth. you know, growth or not. If you had two consecutive quarters of, um, negative growth, that's a recession, whether, you know, everybody's working or not. But it's, I, f- I found out that it's just, uh, you Ar- know, just arbitrary a, number. It's a, well, no, I wouldn't say arbitrary, but it's a rule. It's just a rule of thumb. And if you want to make things look good, you don't use the R word uh, in the government. You know, you don't say gotcha. that unless, you So know. basically you're saying that we've been pretty much in a recession, maybe? I would have to look at the numbers to see if there's been negative growth, but I know that there have been past quarters when, you know, you've had that negative growth and they, they refuse to call it a recession recession. because we want things to look good. Now, here's the thing is that we do have record employment right now. Right. The employment numbers are the best in decades. And we're talking like, when I say decades, I'm talking like 80 or 90 years. Yeah. That's another, well, not, and if you go back 90 years, you're going back to the depression. Depression, Right. And, and that's another factor that makes this silent is because according to the official numbers, we have people employed. They're not jobless, but it's a situation now where you're working a job and can't meet basic obligations with the job that you have but yeah but it still counts on the books as being employed right so you're employed you're living out of your car you're in a parking lot something like that or you might even have two jobs a lot of people yeah yeah and and you go into a shelter every night because you can't you know get the basic things you you can definitely can't get housing we're going to get into that in a minute so what why is it so difficult to to um you know make ends meet right now why why is it so much different than than say back once kind of like around the time that the depression was happening okay i took the liberty of getting some numbers together for this okay, okay to discuss the silent <laughs> depression now here the, let me describe the what what i did as far as analysis i wanted to kind of put a picture up a comparison between the height of the depression the great depression that we learn about in school and how things are now okay use numbers to see what they both look like sure so, so one dollar, just to give you a baseline, one dollar in 1933 is the same, had the same power of $23 and 19 cents now. That's with inflation. That's just with inflation, okay. you know, cost of living, you know, gotcha. increasing mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. All right. And a source of that, we'll put the sources for all these numbers, you know, in the podcast. 
Okay. But it's from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Okay. Just to give you an idea, a loaf of bread in 1933 costs about eight cents. That was the average. Now, if you take that, if you go out and try and buy a loaf of bread now, it's generally known that the average price that you're going to pay is going to be something like $2.50 for a loaf of bread. That's your basic loaf of bread. That's your basic loaf of bread. Now, if you look at the money that you spent in the depression and just put the expectation on just inflation, just general inflation, that loaf of bread should cost a dollar eighty six. Okay. So we're paying thirty four over thirty four percent more for that loaf of bread versus the depression. So we're basically in the depression type buying power with the money even worse than that yeah by 30 by 34 percent and more another example a mortgage on a house okay a house that you would buy something like a three-bedroom in 1933 3900 not 3900 a month that's what it costs that's buy what it costs to in a entire house. whole house indoor plumbing bedrooms everything okay 3900 in 1933 the height of the depression if you just take for inflation, that $3,900 now is $90,400 and change. And okay? we all know. And we all know that if you were to get a regular the same house to the average house, and this is in <clears throat> the state of Virginia, this is where we live. To buy a 90000 let's just say we're going to buy a $90,000 house right now. Okay. We're no, going, no, no, we're not going to buy it. No, but I'm just saying, that's with, that's with inflation. A $3,900 house now would cost $90,000 is what you're saying, right? N- no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you take that same money, right. the buying power of that money, it's not. we're not buying a house with $90,000. I understand that. What I'm saying is that the average house... Now in Virginia is three hundred and seventy-two, almost three hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars right. to buy the same house. Right now, so the money has decreased in value. With you suffering worse than in the depression by over three hundred percent. It's three hundred percent worse to buy a house now than in the depression. And I guarantee that that same house. Mm-hmm. Is not as well built. No, yes, definitely not nearly as well built. There's so many shortcuts. Yes, that but that, that could be a whole other episode. Okay, <laughs> so you're not getting. Not only are you paying over three hundred percent more for a house, mm-hmm. you're not getting the quality. No, at no, all. No, not re- you're paying. You paying more for a less, less quality, quality house. house. Okay, and here's the last example. Let's say that okay, I'm not going to buy a house. I'm renting. You know, I've got to find a place to rent. If you were in, in, got in the time machine, went back to 1933 in the Depression, rent would be probably about $18. That's for a three-bedroom A three-bedroom home, according to Newsweek, three-bedroom home, $18 a month. a month. Okay. Now, if you take that same $18 and take it to today, the buying power of that $18, we're talking about $417. <laughs> I, I I defy you to find some place where you can rent and live in America for $417. For a three-bedroom. That has a door on it. That's a three-bedroom. I'm serious. I like a real wooden door. You know, there's a lot of stuff made out of cardboard you can get for that, but you can't get a real place. The average... In for in according to Zillow for, in Virginia in Virginia is twenty one hundred dollars for, for a three bedroom a three bedroom. So I think that kind of you know puts the right. stamp on yeah. the on the fact that we're living in times worse than the depression, but 
you know, it's it's something that's not really being put out there or talked about. The fact that people are struggling so hard. We have been incredibly blessed, just incredibly blessed to to number one, we rent. Okay, we rent from um, people who are friends of ours, people who love us. They are not charging us what they could charge us for this place. Market value, no. They are. They they don't make money on us. No, they they're, want- they're paying. We're we're paying about. 300 to 325 less per month than what they could charge us market value. Right, exactly. Now, we could still afford that that rent if they charged us market value. We'd still be able to afford that because we're blessed with... Again, with the blessings. Yeah, with really good jobs. Yeah. And there's two of us. Now, God forbid that if something happened to one of us, neither one of us would be able to afford to live in this place by ourselves, alone. I mean... I know I couldn't, and you make more money than I do, and I don't think you could. You make about, what, how much more? You make about $10, 10 or $15 more per hour than I do. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to afford to stay here and pay Not here. for food. And now, that's what I'm saying. And I think that I would be able to find a place in Virginia Beach and be able to buy groceries and stuff like that, but I wouldn't be really happy about it. Yeah. It would be a one-bedroom, maybe. And, and a- listen, and granted, we are live in a coastal town, a tourist town, a college town area with military. So everything is more expensive because, one, the demand for housing is is astronomical because we live near the largest Navy base in the world. So there's lots of people that come here that need a place to stay that can't live in base housing. There are colleges that are in this area with people that need lots of places to live. Support uh, companies and staff that have employees that live here that support the base and bases and that type of thing. So there's lots of extra people that that would be here that, that need housing that maybe aren't in, say, Western Virginia or South Dakota or some other places. But then, you know, the wages are going to be different in places like that, too. They're going to be, they're not going to pay you as well mm-hmm. as they do here. So what, now that this is out there, we're, we're trying to put it out there. We're, we're basically living in the depression. We're thinking that maybe, you know, 40, 50 years from now, somebody will look back here and say, man, that was the depression. Uh-huh. So many people out of work. So many people were homeless, uh-huh. even though they had worked full time jobs, even though they're technically employed. They weren't employed to the point where they can actually take care of basic needs right. and and have a place to live. So what what's 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 doing it? What's causing this? And what what do we do? Well, here's the thing is that companies across the board, large companies, I'm talking about large companies, the oil companies, the pharmaceutical companies, the the Procter's and Gambles, the the Amazons, the Walmarts, the those companies, those massive companies like that are making record number profits right now, billions of dollars in profits every year. Look, we live in a capitalist society. I'm not saying that they shouldn't make record they shouldn't be allowed to make profits and they should be may be able to increase their profit year after year. But what's happening is not only are they making record profits, but they're continually raising the price on things. Mm-hmm. So to buy a house, if you can afford the 20% down payment that you have to put in. So what did you say an average house was? 300 and... 
the price of to buy a house thirty nine hundred dollars. No, no, no. I'm talking about now, not then. Oh, to uh, as far as to rent a house or no, to buy to a buy house. a house. What's the three hundred and seventy two thousand? So twenty percent, you're looking at seventy five hundred dollars that you'd have to put down to buy a house. How are you going to save up seventy five hundred dollars when you have to pay twenty one hundred dollars a month in rent and high gas prices, which we're going to talk about in a different podcast because it's not as simple as everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. The price of groceries, the price of price of utilities, the price of clothing, everything has increased significantly and continues to rise. Yeah. So people don't have the money to be able to save up to buy a house yeah I th- and 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 then like i was saying is the, the 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 record profits that the companies are making yet they're still continuing to raise profits and it is not trickling down to the employees that they employ it, you know they're not paying them a living wage and i'm not saying that there aren't some people that get listen i i get paid a, a good wage I, i'm happy with my wage i work for a very small very small family-owned company we have a total of maybe between he owns two com two companies sister companies and maybe between the two of them, there's 15 employees, 20 employees total. I get paid a really good wage. I get paid better than some of these companies, employees of these companies that are making billions every year. I think that there is a lot of corporate greed. There is a lot of corporate subsidies, corporate welfare that is happening, corporate tax cuts mm-hmm. that are happening. And that's been happening for years. It's not just something that Trump did or somebody else did. That's been happening for decades. And I think the pandemic was just a a catalyst that allowed all of this stuff to come to fruition like all of it was going to happen eventually we were lobsters in a pot right we Mm -hmm. were frogs in a pot but the pandemic caused it all to just happen sooner and so i think that something is going to happen okay and when i say something what is how is this going to you know, change or what's going to happen, how we're going to get, you know, come out of this depression. Uh-huh. I mean, how did we come out of the last depression? You think it's going to be war? I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it's going to be a world war. What I'm saying is it's going to be something. Are uh, the employees going to come with pitchforks? Are we going to... You're talking about a civil war. Well, I'm not saying a civil war per se. I'm saying, what if, I'm not saying like a civil war like some of these people are wanting to have. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a, an economic employee war like a revolution yes because what if we all stopped buying and stopped going to work okay well let, let me say something okay, right now and you might be listening out here to the podcast and thinking to yourself well they're talking about something that's really not happening because that person who is you know not able to make men's ends meet because of the low employment they can get a job they can get a second job and you know they can make ends meet by getting that <clears throat> other job you know just work right. work a little harder mm-hmm. put in those extra hours that you want from Walmart anyway and just work someplace else the problem with that is is that whether it's that job at Walmart and the, or your supplemental job whatever at neither one of those places are you going to be getting health care and you got to have health care I don't care what age you are in this country now we have the Affordable Care Act, Expensive. But, but if you've ever researched what you what's available to you and how much you have to pay for it with the Affordable Care Act, it's it's a lot of money because of the country that we live in and the way things are structured. Because we don't have socialized medicine here. It's, yes, I said the S word, 
I said socialized medicine because that is the way to be able to get healthcare to everybody, but we refuse to look at it because it has the word social in it. We don't want to be social. We want people to pay through the nose for, you know, getting basic healthcare. And you're, and that money that you get from your extra job, well, if you decide to get one of those plants, you're going to be spending all your money on that and you still can't buy enough food or get enough heat for your house or put enough gas in the tank of your car. So, or pay insurance on a car. Or pay insurance or on the car. Upkeep on the car. Yeah. Or, just everything. Or, and don't have kids. Uh, yeah. Don't have kids and have to dress them and, you know, send them to school or anything like that. I think long gone are the days of the baby boomers who could work hard at a job, you know, and hustle hard and get it done and maybe have a side hustle and be able to, you know, own a car and a house and have three kids and be able to go on one summer vacation every year and, you know, be able to put money away for savings, or, excuse me, for retirement and for your kid's college. Mm-hmm. Long gone are those days. And we need to, as Americans, stop thinking about those days because they are no longer. It is not about the average employee working hard or working harder to be able to make ends meet. That's just not what it's about anymore. Right. And you can verify this out there, America, in your comments to this show or whatever. But I imagine that there are there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that feel like they're letting their family down or something like that because they're not able to do this. I th- I'm here to tell you right now. It's not your fault for most of you. It's it's not your fault. You're not a failure. You're doing the best you can and it's still not working out. It's not you. You're not the problem. No, you're absolutely right. I think that, but, but I do think that this concept of some sort of a something's Something's got to break. Something's got to break. I I don't, I am not wishing tragedy on this country. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you that history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. It always does. And that's why it's important for us to learn from it so that we can try to prevent it from happening again. But no matter how hard we try, it's going to happen again because it's how humans work. You know what I mean? Especially in a capital, a a straight capitalist society like we have. and, And again, I am not, I am not saying that I, um, you know, hating on capitalism or anything like that, but capitalism breeds greed. Mm. It just does. I mean, it just does. Well, I, I'm going to contest that a little bit okay. because not every, not every company, not even every big company, you know, that operates in America, you know, operates with a greed intent. I, right. I I'm just going to have to, I don't have numbers, but I, I can't right. believe that because I, I right. don't want to cry myself to sleep every night to think that right. it's only run by people that want to grind us into the dust and just take advantage of us. Right. And here's my idealistic, you know, view on how we address this as far, you know, what do we do? Uh-huh. I think that you're right. I think that something has to happen. But to keep it from being any kind of messy situation tragic. or tragic situation... We have to do, when I say we, I'm talking about us privileged few that aren't in this situation. You and I are not in this situation. We're not living in the streets. We're, we're employed, oh, but homeless, we can, yeah. yeah, we're not homeless. We can make ends. In fact, we, you know, have people dependent on us because of this situation. 
I think there has to be more of that. It might, it's probably already happening out there. That Oh, you mean generational that, living? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's abs- I mean, that's the new, that is absolutely the new thing yeah. now. It's, it's because elderly people can't afford, you know, unless you have wealth, you can't afford these assisted right. living places. Well, They're expensive. It, it's not just, not just <clears throat> that, not just the, the elderly, but you know, our kids. Right. Well, yeah. And they barely. Yes, yeah. they can and, barely. I mean, they they can't afford to live by themselves. My my daughter makes more money than I do, and she cannot afford to live in a two bedroom apartment yeah, by herself. Because it would can't. be, you know, just herself. She wouldn't be able to handle there's, it. There's, I so, mean, and there's many that are like that. So we we have to look out for <clears throat> ourselves, me. and it could be family, it could be you know friends or whatever. We have to do what we have to do to. Take care of each other. Well, there's that part of it too, but the other part of it is what are we going to do financially? So, you know, we're going to be able to take care of our each other by mm-hmm. doing generational living and that type of thing, which is great. But how are we going to get out of this silent depression? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I am... Um... When we do the podcast, we try, we talk about all kinds of issues. We talk about things that are, um, have to be addressed on a national scale and whatever with the occasional sideline to, to humor and what's happening in our lives. And this is the first one where I, I'm coming up blank. I don't know. I don't know what can be done or what has to be done, but it can't continue, you know, long term. Something's going to have to happen to it address this has to be a new normal that's established and i'm really hoping that the new normal is not somebody with with four jobs living out of their car yeah that and then the next level up is a billionaire yeah like because because there's a split you know we talked about i remember talking about this in college that eventually our society was going to be a half and half not society yeah people that have and people that have not have not and the have-nots always get trodden upon, and the have-nots get fed up, and they decide to do something about that's it. Where and that's where the pitchforks That's in. where the pitchforks come in, and that's called revolution. Yeah, that's, so, I think, is what's going to happen. I, yeah. You know, I really do, because it's not... You know, and, it, and we're talking about the economic part of it, but there's other parts of it, too. There's social things that are part of this, too, you know, where they're taking away people's rights, and they're, you know, infiltrating the school boards, and they're, yeah. you know wanting to erase you know our history so we don't our children don't learn about history and not teach the the real history they want to ban books they they want want to take away you know they're they're gerrymandering left right and center to get the areas that they need so that you know they and 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 the thing about it is is that the gerrymandering takes place on both sides because it has to that's how you even things out you gerrymander on one side then the next mm-hmm. time you got gerrymandering on the other side right but that's you know but it's not just the economic part of it that's a big part of it because that's what we feel right right and i like you saying you know there's a there's a thing out now i don't know you know how it came about or it got recognized but you asked me out of the blue how often do I think about the Roman Empire? Right. You know, and apparently that's a thing out there now. Apparently, that a lot of males. Apparently, think about the us Roman guys Empire. think about the Roman Empire, and the reason why I'm thinking about it, I haven't asked my friends, but the reason why I think about the Roman Empire is just, is that I'm thinking we're about to teeter and fall just like they did, for totally different reasons. But economically and socially and the hubris that we live in in this country, the, the, the main thing that America is number one in is thinking that we're number one. Very and, arrogant. Yeah. And that combined with all the other things that need to be addressed that aren't being addressed and us being so mad at each other and telling the other person that they're wrong is going to be the fall of, you know, the way we live, just like the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think about the Roman Empire. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. You know, there's something has got to change because, I mean, you can't. 
can't, you know, people people can't go into continue to go into debt to be healthy. People can't go into debt to go to college. People don't want to buy houses anymore because they don't want that that debt because they have so much other stuff from just being able to stay functioning like, you know, buying groceries and, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, choosing between food and medicine <clears throat> and all that stuff. So, Here's what I've got to say for the folks who are listening to the podcast. If you live in these United States, why don't you tell us, number one, did you realize that we're living in a silent depression? Have you felt it? Have you felt it? Or you felt it and didn't realize what to call it or what it's being called? Because I didn't know what it was called either. Yeah. So, you know, let us know and, you know, let's talk to each other because I think that that solution that we're looking for, we can't touch on right this second. The step number one to try and get there is for us to all recognize what's going on. And to communicate about it. And to communicate about it. So let's start that dialogue. And hey, who knows? Maybe we'll save the world. Maybe we'll save the country. Maybe we won't fall like the Roman Empire. Who knows? Maybe. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Okay. So until next time, that's all for this episode. Tune in next time for more shenanigans.